Welcome to Moms Using Homeopathy. I'm Joy from MomsUsingHomeopathy.com, and I'm just a mom like you on a journey of learning how to use homeopathy to care for my family. In 2016, I started a group on Facebook called Moms Using Homeopathy. It has grown to over 10,000 members. This podcast is really for our members who want to learn more about this amazing method of healing. So let's get started. Hello, this week I am excited to have Denise Timofey with us to talk about clinical homeopathy. She has studied homeopathy extensively and endorses the practice of using lower potencies at a more frequent interval so as not to contribute to a healing crisis or aggravation. Denise received her certifications in homeopathy from the Hahnemann Academy of North America an internationally known homeopath, teacher, and author, Dr. Robin Murphy. So one of her goals is to help people understand homeopathy in a clear and straightforward manner. And she offers a tremendous amount of classes on her website, one starting this week as of this recording, um, which is the, the second week in September. So be sure and go check it out on her website, which is homeopathywithdenise.com. And also you can visit her Facebook group called Homeopathy Made Simple. So here's my conversation with Denise. Hi, Denise. Welcome. And um, we're so excited to have you today to tell us about um, all the things about clinical homeopathy. I know we've had a lot of discussions about that. So why don't we jump right in and talk about clinical homeopathy and how you came to be a practitioner and a teacher of that and just tell us your story. Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Joy. Um, But anyway, as far as clinical homeopathy, when I first discovered homeopathy, I read a lot, a lot of books, everything in the library, bought books. And for some reason, classical homeopathy did not resonate with me. Um, I tried to understand how it was that you're supposed to give a high potency remedy, maybe cause an aggravation and then get better. It just didn't make sense. It seemed like you should just be able to give a remedy and get better without going through an aggravation state, which I know doesn't happen all the time, but to me, that would be my goal. So when I found Robin Murphy and his clinical homeopathy approach, it really resonated with me. So I started taking his classes. I started trying things and I thought, well, that seemed like that worked. That seemed like that worked. I used lower because the difference between classical and clinical is with classical, you're using higher potency remedies to treat the person as an overall. And in clinical, we're using lower potency, almost like a 6C, usually in a remedy solution bottle, doesn't always have to be once or more times a day. And that just seemed to work. And as over, again, I'm a skeptic. So when people tell me things and when I read things, I'm always trying to prove, is it true? Is it not true? Because the results are the most important for me. And I saw it work over time. You know, it just worked really well. The, the acutes we would use during a chronic treatment, so you can use your chronic remedy on a daily basis. And then if you had the flu, you didn't just have to endure through it. You could take a chronic, an acute remedy for that, 
whenever you needed it. And in fact, I found that the chronic remedy actually worked better if you used acutes alongside of it for even for emotional issues as well as physical issues. And if you can remember the sixth and last edition of Hanneman's Organon, not the fifth edition, because classical homeopathy is more Kentian. That's more related to the fifth edition. The sixth edition of the Organon really advocates lower potencies, and he's advocating less aggravations or no aggravations. Tell me the difference, because we have a lot of people in our group that are really big on the Banerjee protocols. They are, they're very familiar. It was their introduction to homeopathy. Um, what is the difference, the Banerjee protocols and clinical homeopathy? Okay, so as far as Banerjee, and I read the book, and I've tried them, and I've gotten feedback from lots of different people, and I'm not trying to bash the Banerjees because they're in India with a clinic, and they're trying to treat as many people as they can which, you know, I admire them for that. But this is what I've seen. Banerjee protocols, first of all, it's a protocol. So if you have pink eye, they tell you these are the remedies. You take them in this potency and you take them this many times a day until you're better. Well, that in clinical homeopathy, we would do something different. We would say, okay, what are your symptoms? Because we have to have a remedy picture resonate in order to pick a remedy for you. So if you had pink eye and you're really needy and you're crying and you're weepy, maybe the remedy is pulsatilla because that matches. A person with pink eye would get euphrasia depending on their symptoms. So we have to have a remedy picture in the person in order to pick a specific homeopathic remedy other than a, like a Banerjee's where they just have a protocol, you're going to take this remedy this many times a day. We also take it as needed, not on a schedule. And we take the remedy, you know, we don't want to cause an aggravation. So maybe we'll start out with a 30C potency. And then if we don't see enough of a change, we'll go to a 200. Sometimes what I've seen with the Banerjee protocol, sometimes they'll cause aggravations because everyone is an individual. And if you start just dosing based on a schedule, it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. So do you, now I'm just clarifying for my own brain here. Do, do your proto, the protocols that you use, do you frequently mix those like the Banerjee's do, or do you do one remedy at a time? Right. Typically, we'll try to do one remedy at a time, typically, unless I know that you might need a second or a third. In other words, okay, I know from treating tetanus a number of times, including mm-hmm. on myself, that there are three remedies that are involved. Usually you're going to try, tetanus is a puncture wound, something maybe rusty went into your foot or a hand or whatever. So typically you're going to try with lead them first because there's your puncture wound remedy. But then you're going to have pain. So then you're going to go to Arnica. And then at the end, a lot of times you're going to have shooting pain, which is hypericum. If you could put those three together and maybe dose at once and just dose as needed, that may be what I would tell you. But typically, only because I know you're going to go through those three, typically you would use one at a time. 
So I think that's a better way. If it's one at a time, it works deeper and it will work to clear it. I agree. Okay. That makes sense to me because, and I know that a lot of people are into the mixing remedies and things like that, um, especially for these conditions that have like symptoms like colds, for example, there's like all these different symptoms. Well, should I take a remedy for each of the symptoms or should I, you know, at all at one time, because, you know, all these symptoms are happening at one time and then you don't know which remedy is working. I think if you can learn, see, when you're doing protocols, you're not really learning the remedies. Mm -hmm. If you can learn each individual remedy, just a picture. Okay. It's a nap year person. They, they crave salt, they have photophobia, just generalities about that remedy picture, you would be better off to dose, you know, based on the individual remedy. And I think you'll get a lot further. You also improve your knowledge of homeopathy and be able to take it further if you, you know, learn the remedies, not just the protocols. I'm not saying every remedy in the world, but I'm saying 99.9% of the time, it's a polycrest remedy. So if you could learn a few hundred remedies, that I mean, that would be enough. I, yes, definitely. And it's a whole different mindset. So you kind of have to dive into that to be able to really get a grasp on it. Um, right. Just because it's not like, here's Tylenol, take, you know, three and it heals all this stuff. It's, it's very individualized in some cases and so much more, but it's so interesting too. So... Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I always say that when you're using allopathic medicine, you're like shooting with a cannon. Yeah. You know, you're going to hit it, but you're going to blow up a lot on the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. When you use homeopathy, it's like with a little pea shooter. You might not get exactly on there right at the moment, but you're certainly not going to do a lot of damage. So it may take a few remedies. You know, and you shouldn't beat yourself up if you don't get it on the first try, because even us homeopaths, Look, none of nobody's perfect. We're not going to always get it on the first try. May not even get it on the second. But you just keep trying because the difference is you're trying to clear that layer from the body versus with an allopathic, it's it's usually suppression. Are you just going to blow it up? You know, it doesn't do the same type of thing. You're trying to promote health here. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, great. So I want to hear about your certification because we have a lot of people in our group that are really excited about homeopathy and want to be certified, you know, or want to do some training. So um, I've been asking everybody that I interview to tell us about their certification because there's so many different sort of things out there. You know, everybody has different letters behind their name. So tell us about yours. (laughs) Okay. So I have a C home which is a certification in homeopathy, which is, it's a 500 hour um, certification. Basically you do it on your own, but there's more than, you're going to invest a lot more than 500 hours. And then there's a D home, which is an additional, I think it's either two or 300 hours. Both of those certifications come from Robin Murphy and the Lotus Health Institute. Um, But I really think that, it worked well for me. If you work well on your own, you can go right through these. There's a lot of CDs. I took notes on everything. I put everything up on my computer electronically so I can search everything. And it really makes a big difference. So if I have a 
person that came in with some kind of information, I always, I always go to my notes first. Then I'll go and look at the reference books. But my notes, see, Robin works in differentials. So differentials are the most widely used remedies. So maybe there are two or three for, or, or maybe there are five or 10 for, um, you know, for the flu or for cold. If you just concentrate on those, knowing those, it's a lot easier to practice. The, and those are, again, he teaches clinical homeopathy. I feel that most people can practice clinical homeopathy pretty easily. You need to learn the basics. But beyond that, you know, I take classes, I read and I research constantly a lot of different homeopaths. I buy their classes, I take them, and I decide, and even other holistic practitioners, even people that are allopathic, if there's something there, I pick and choose what I get from them and they put it together but the bottom line for me is really results if I don't see results I'm not going to go that that way I also feel another thing is important is simplification in nature things are not complicated so I feel that when you're when you're practicing homeopathy if you can go towards a simplified clear approach that's a better way and almost make it like a little steps that you do okay you try this remedy in a 30 it does you wait a little bit of time then it doesn't work then you try it again in a 30 okay it still doesn't work now you try it in a 200 now you mark that remedy off on your list and you go to the next one you know even if you're in a crisis if you don't do those kinds of things in a crisis you'll be off track mm -hmm. But I feel like that I really like Robin's classes. And I think that it's, I'm really happy that I went that route. It, it suits me. I also teach for Robin. So what actually his wife, Dr. Jude Toscano and Robin, they're both involved with Lotus Wellness Institute. Lotus Wellness Cottage is their name. Um, they have what the certification is called an H-HOME. So it's a 60-hour homeopathy for home use certification. And you can take that three of my, my four-week series classes that I teach are involved with that. So I teach for them. And then some of Robin's CDs, you have to write a research paper. You have to write up some test cases and write up how to create, how to graft a remedy and how to make a remedy, which I teach you in one of the my series. Um, but that's an easy way to start into this because you can take that and parlay it right into the C home. So that's a 60 hour. So then you'll have some credit towards your C home if you want to start working on it that way. But I'm a pretty big proponent of being able to treat yourself and your family through home, even your animals through homeopathy. Very good. I know you're going to talk about um, your classes and the graphing the remedy. Can you explain what that is for very new folks? What does that mean? Sure. So in, so this is in my beginner class. I teach people and realize that, again, I was a skeptic. So anything that I'm teaching you, I've already tried it a lot because most times I think that doesn't sound right. How could that work? So grafting a remedy is basically copying the remedy. If you say you have 
half of a vial and you're running out or you have less than that, now you don't know what to do. Now you need a glass vial. You can't be grafting into an envelope or the, the containers from the store. You, and honestly, a one dram glass vial is the best way to graft. Half dram, I've, although I've grafted a lot into half dram vials, it's very difficult. The top of that vial is too tiny. Basically what you're doing is you're copying that remedy. You're adding a few drops of Everclear. You're adding blank pellets. You're shaking it up, and you've got more of that remedy. So that's pretty important to know, I feel. You know, once you buy the remedy, I'm not saying not to support the pharmacies. Do what you need to do, but realize, you know, my bottom line for my family is nowhere near in the millions like theirs is. So, yes, I will support them, but my, I have to support my family first. So I feel like grafting remedies is important to know. Say you you need to make a remedy, even for your child. Say your child is sick and you need to make a remedy. You can make a remedy from their mucus and or from their saliva and or from a discharge from an infection. You can make a remedy and, and work with them with that remedy. These are, in my opinion, these are basics that are very important to know. Say your child has a reaction to some kind of a drug. You know, in the my senior class, they teach how to make a remedy from scratch. You could get one of those pills and make a remedy from it and help your child to detox from that using that, that remedy that you just made from that drug that they had an issue with. Yeah, you know, that is something that is really... I can't tell you how many times I've been, you know, I have a kid that gets sick and I look at my bottle and it's like, there might be four pellets left, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, okay, it's time to, (laughs) time to do something to make the stretch now, you know, and especially with everything that's going on with the FDA right now, you know, if, if you don't have access to certain remedies, you know, and you have your stash, you know, you can make that last and last and last. And it's, it's, yeah, I think everybody that's absolutely everybody. And then, you know, you can get together with a friend and maybe you trade remedies. Hey, I have these five. I need these five. Can we graph some remedies together? Maybe we can share. Yeah. You know, I'm all about that. You have to learn. I feel that it's important for you to learn. You know, my granddaughter will come and she'll tell me, Grandma Denise, I'm my niece. My niece, can you please give me a remedy for, she's just 12. So now mm-hmm. she's getting bumps on her face. My niece, can you give me a remedy for acne? It's a part of her life. If you teach kids, and she didn't tell me to go, let's go to CVS and get something. She told, she asked for a remedy. So if you teach your kids and they teach their kids, this is a way to keep this modality alive. No matter what happens with government agencies, mm-hmm. you, you need to learn how to how to dose, how to read reference books, how to you know partner with people, partner with your friends. If you get stuck, call a homeopath. But a lot of this stuff, if you will take the time to invest in classes, invest in remedy kits and remedies, you're really set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree, one hundred percent. Okay. So in your family homeopathy class that um, you sent me a whole list of all the wonderful classes that you have available and you had talked about treating pets and we have this come up a lot in our group. You know, a lot of us moms have our children pets. (laughs) Right. I want to hear some more about this because 
um, you know, using homeopathy for pets. And why don't you tell us some stories about um, how you maybe have used some homeopathy with your pets. And then we'll get into the logistics of like how, how to dose a pet. Um, sure. Okay. So um, I have a number of animals here and I love my animals. And I thought, you know, you know, when I first started learning, I thought, well, you know, if they work on me, why can't I use them on the animals? So I started and I learned a lot from working with the animals. You really, if you really want to fine tune your skills, work with the animals. They're not talking to you. You have, you know, Hanneman's big word was observe, right? So you have to watch them to know what's working and what isn't. You, if you look at their eyes, a lot of times you'll see their eyes will relax and you'll know that's the right remedy. But for the most part, you know, the remedies are the same, whether they're for us or for them, it's the same remedies, pretty much. Um, They tend to have less layers than us, so the remedies can impact them quicker. You can treat lots of different things, okay? So you can treat trauma, you can treat skin issues, you can even treat emotional issues like fear, anger, separation issues, lameness. You can worm them. Now, remember that worming them is going to be a little bit different from species to species. So you're going to have to figure out, you know, what kind of parasites do they get or what do you want to try? And yes, diatomaceous earth is great, but that's that's not going to fix the issue. The, the worming thing will be really more a homeopathic remedy because that's what will change their environment so that the parasites don't want to stay there. You can dose by just putting a pellet in their mouth Okay, but maybe you have an animal that that's not going to work. You could put it in water and put it down there in a bowl. Now, they need to have this bowl separate from their regular drinking water because you need to not force them to drink this. You need to put it down and let them drink it. Most times the animals are very astute at what they need. They will drink what they need when they need it. Now, that being said, (laughs) I've had animals, like one time we had this older cat, and the cat was kind of like senile, and the cat really liked arsenicum, and it overdosed itself on arsenicum, so we had to pull the remedy bowl. So, yes, certain things could happen, so you still have to keep an eye, but the greater majority of the time, they'll be fine, and you can put the remedy out there and let them drink it. Um, You know, in my classes, I teach, in my beginner class, I teach about putting remedies on you, which works really phenomenal for us people. Now, I tested that on animals, and it doesn't work as well. So I think you're just going to have to dose them, you know, by liquid, by, you know. I put a water for my horse. She's chronic cow carb, so she has a little water bucket in her stall. And she doses herself when she needs to. And if I feel like she doesn't really need her chronic, I'll take it out of there. The other thing I'll do is put remedies on their name, which works really well. There's a funny story. Well, maybe it's not so funny, but it's interesting. And it definitely proves this. Um, 
someone called me that their dog was sick. The dog had just had puppies and she kept throwing up. So, you know, and she's throwing up digested food for the puppies, but she was doing it to an excess. So I thought about it and I said, well, her hormones are probably off. So let's put sepia 30 on her name. And I told the person, you know, to put sepia 30 on her name. And she did. And the dog got better right away. Now, we weren't anywhere near the dog. The dog's owner said, oh, she's so much better. Thank you so much. Now, a few weeks later, I get a phone call. The dog is throwing up again. I'm like, how could this be? We already worked on this. And then I thought, what if that remedy still on that dog's name? So I asked the person, did you ever take that remedy off this dog's name? And they said, no. And I said, take it off and see what happens. And the dog got better right away. Now you can bring a remedy down, you know, realize that when someone overdoses, the last potency they take is where they're at. So you could bring that dog down slowly. If the 30 was on the dog's name, maybe you could put a 12 on the name for a few hours, go down to a six, go down to a three or whatever you have to bring it down. So you could bring it down that way also. But that that's pretty interesting. I know my horse last year, I use a chiropractor um, acupuncturist. Really, it's more for me because I'm in my 60s and I don't want to get hurt. So I want to make sure she's feeling good. And she said to me, I swear this horse has Lyme because her back is so sore. And I, to me, I could tell that she was out in her hip, but I didn't know that her back was sore. And she said, if I were you, I'd get her tested. I'm like, oh, I don't need to get her tested. I'll just dose her and see what happens. And at the time when I would get on her to ride, she wouldn't walk. She wouldn't go forward. She just hurt so bad. So I started dosing her and I used three of the, I used Arnicolidum hypericum, those three remedies for Lyme, because sometimes they will lift it. It's Arnica 200, Lidum 30, and Hypericum 30. I usually put them in an RSB and I'll usually, the way I would dose her, I had it in an RSB, succuss the bottle 10 times, pour a little bit on a treat, feed it to her. And I was doing that with her. That did not work. So then I switched to a Lyme nose oat for her, and she was great. I think we ended up using a 200 on her. You know, sometimes you might need to go higher, but you have to go based on the results. And you give it when she's off. If she's better, you start backing off slowly, and then you stop. But um, that worked really well. My cat in the house, she's 18. She gets um, constipation remedies. <laughs> we think that she has kind of a, a mechanical kind of thing with her body. It's not so much food. Believe me, we'll feed her whatever she wants. She's very picky. So she gets Nux Vomica 30 out in a bowl, and she just drinks it when she needs it. Um, I have chickens, so I put out remedies for my chickens. One time I had a fox attack. And I put out Arnica 200, and I put out Natmure 30. So the reason, and now I put them out in little bowls, out just outside. I, they were up on a brick or something, so they wouldn't knock them over. And the Natmure was for physical and emotional trauma, because Arnica is for both, not just physical trauma. And the Natmure was for loss. They lost their friends. You know, a couple of the chickens were killed. So, you know, that was, they, and the funny thing was they drank it for 
a few days and then they just stopped. And then I pulled the bowls out. I think that's, that's quite a bit of what I've done. You know, I've done a lot over the years with a lot. I've worked on abscesses, lameness, you know, Lyme for a lot of different people with their animals. But I think, you know, animals are a good way to learn. And I think it's important to treat them. But there are a lot of times you can just put that wet remedy on a treat, put it in a separate bowl, just open their mouth, put it in. And I had a cat that had a UTI one time and she was running around here crying and peeing. And I just took one dose of Cantharis 200, opened her mouth and that was the end. She never got it back. But I think that's, you know, the, the pet thing is good. I am going to be doing a class on homeopathy for pets and it, it, homeopathy for animals. Now I can't cover everything in that class, but I have it scheduled for Monday, October 29th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're in 2018, just in case this podcast lasts for a few years. <laughs> awesome. I will put that, I'll put that on the page so that, and if you have a link, I'll include that too for them to contact sure. you to sign up for that. Um, that's really exciting. I think that that homeopathy can be such a great thing for people who have farms with chickens. I mean, you covered just about every animal there. So that would be super. One of the first things people do is, okay, I'm going to get a couple of chickens. So I have eggs. Then, you know, and then it grows from there. So it would be good to... Especially with animals where you're going to eat, you know, the products. Yes. You really don't want to be giving them drugs. No kidding. Yes. I agree. Yes, for sure. I mean, if you're getting milk from a cow, you want your cow to be, yeah, I agree. Right. Definitely. Well, you know who uses that a lot is Prince Charles. He has an organic farm, so he uses it a lot on his animals. I I love stories like that. Okay, so that was great. So let's go back to people now. And we have back to school happening now. A lot of people, I saw the school bus this morning. We homeschool, so we have kids at home, but... Um, I saw the school bus go by and I thought, oh, people are going back to school today. And then it's with that, you have all the sickness that comes with kids going back and stomach viruses and all the stuff that's going on and the flu coming and all of that. And people are looking for ways to build their immunity, I guess, beforehand. Um, What can they do to lessen the effects of the school time illnesses and the wintertime illnesses? Um, do you have any recommendations on what you would say to our moms in the group who want to try to build some immunity? Is there anything homeopathy wise that you would recommend? Well, I would say, you know, you can always treat with an acute, you know, you have a flu, you treat with a remedy for the flu or the cold or whatever. But if your child continues to get sick, you really should think about giving them a chronic remedy. So in clinical homeopathy, we're going to use a low-potency remedy that matches where that child is emotionally. A lot of kids are calc-carb. You know, what we call as a constitutional remedy is the picture that they're born with, but they may not be in that state currently. Say they had grief around them or they felt abandoned and they're really in a pulsatilla state. So if you can give them that low-potency remedy multiple times a day to strengthen them. I've seen it do incredible things. You know, you see kids where they're really not focused. It could help with focusing them. It could help. I've seen kids where they just needed to mature and it just kind of pushed them over that hump. Maybe they're wetting the bed, you know, all things like that. 
the chronic remedy helps as a whole. So if you just work on acute, you're just working on, it's like putting out fires, put out the fire, put out the fire, put out the fire. But the chronic remedy could take care of a lot of things and strengthen the child so that they're not in that position where they get sick so frequently. It's really a good way to go. I mean, of course, if they're sick, maybe, you you know, if they keep getting a cold, you, I always bring in other things as well. If I can figure out what they are, what they, you know, what fits. So maybe ferrum cell salt, if they kept getting sick, you know, do the dosage on the bottle. You can put the little tablets in their glass to drink. Just continue with doing things like that. Um, but a chronic remedy is really huge. You know, I think it's also important to learn, you know, when the chicken pox and the measles and the mumps go around, how to use remedies to clear those. You know, in the family homeopathy series that I have the first week, and I also teach another, it's just a one-night class on homeopathy infectious diseases and epidemics. That one goes into a lot more details. I'm going to talk about vaccines and there's information in there about that series, the truth about vaccines. Um, but, you know, really, this is homeopathy's, this is its niche. This is the hot spot right here. It can clear those diseases. So if, you, if that's the direction you want to go in, now, from all the research that I've done, and I've done a lot of research on this, if the disease is not going to kill your child, you are really better off to let them get it. Because what it does is it, it bumps their immune system up. And they say that as, as the child grows to an adult, it may help them and keep them from getting autoimmune diseases, from cancer, from lots of pretty heavy-duty heavy things because their immune system is strong. So think about maybe letting them get some of the diseases. If it gets bad, then, you know, maybe you dose with some remedies which is always an option anyway. But think about that. But overall, I think if the child keeps getting sick, a chronic remedy, maybe bring in Ferrum cell salt, you know, to help with um, strengthening their immune system. Use acute remedies when needed. If they have asthma or allergies, use them. And then be ready and know what remedies to use for chicken pox, measles, mumps, whatever. That's called short term homeoprophylaxis. So it's when the disease is active, that's when you would use it. Very good. Yeah. I think we, we tend to not want our kids sick ever. (laughs) It's not good for them to not have the normal childhood illnesses. And I had the measles when I was a kid and I survived and it was very common back when I was growing up for kids to have the measles and it, you know, and to chicken pox, I had chicken pox too. Okay. So let's talk about your classes because, um, we have a lot of people in the, in the group. Let's start with those who are very brand new to homeopathy. They've just stumbled across it. They want to learn. They've had a remedy work and they're like, Oh my gosh, I got to learn more about this. Tell us what class you would recommend for them to start with. I would recommend to start with the four-week series, Homeopathy Made Simple. And yes, it needs to be four weeks because I try teaching it shorter. And it's very important to me that the people 
that everyone gets something from this class. And I in the beginning, I would teach it live a lot. And I could tell that when I taught it in two weeks, I would get that deer in the headlight look. I'm like, this isn't working. You need time to digest what it is because it's a very different concept than allopathic medicine. And we were all raised with that. So it's, a, it's called Homeopathy Made Simple. It's a four-week series. I teach a lot of strong foundation skills. In there, I teach about polycrest remedies. What They're common remedies. So most times you're going to use a polycrest remedy. So you're going to learn all about the major ones. You're going to have reference notes on all the major ones. We'll teach you how to, how to grab, how to copy remedies. As far as I'm concerned, that's a basic teach you how to make ointments, teach you how to make remedy solution bottles, how to, how to take remedy solution bottles, how to refill them. Um, even like we even go into a little bit crazy things like how to wear a remedy because I know that it works, how to put a remedy on someone's name because I know that these things work. You know, my neighbor across the street, he is very ill and he has Alzheimer's and he also has cancer and she's trying to work with him with remedies and when he's in his angry mode, it doesn't work. So she would put a remedy on his name and it would diffuse it right away. So that's an important thing to know, in my opinion. After that series, that's a four-week series, I would suggest family homeopathy. We talk about epidemics in that class. We talk about how to take remedies. We talk about ADHD remedies. Those can also be used for kids with learning disabilities or kids that are acting out because they usually will fit into one of those, the category, one of those different remedies. They'll probably would fit into there. A lot of other remedies for like just common sicknesses that you would run into on a day-to-day basis in your family. The last four-week series that I would recommend, and these are the only four-week series that I teach. Most of the classes I teach are one night, but the last one is more homeopathy. In that four-week series, I teach you how to make a remedy from scratch, which I think is very important. So we're going to teach you how to make a remedy from a solid substance going through a trituration process, which is with a mortar and a pestle. And the other one is using a liquid substance Um, how to make it. And that's a lot easier and quicker. I teach you how to take a chronic case. I teach you about miasms um, in that series. And then I have a lot of other series. I think that if you wanted to go a little further and just learn about chronic remedies, that would be pretty important. There are two classes that I teach that are on chronics. One is chronic remedy prescribing. So it teaches you gives you examples of all different remedies. Now, remember, the chronic is your fix. That's it. So you really want to understand how to use this, um, how to take it, different ways, probe doses. We talk about lots of different things. And then the other class is chronic case study. So I go over actual cases and the way that I prescribed and the results from that case. One of those cases is pretty interesting. There's a woman, she's younger, she has glaucoma, and she's being told by a glaucoma specialist that she will lose her eyesight, and her eyesight gets better. And to be quite honest, I did not even look up glaucoma as far as remedies goes. I looked 
at her, where she was as a person. And I came up with, I tried to come up with a strong chronic remedy for her and then multiple acutes. And she was very active in taking them. So it worked really well. And I do, I have, you know, just so you know, I have the homeopathy made simple class starting. It starts on Wednesday, September 12th. It's four weeks, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and it runs for four weeks. And that's the main class. So, it's, again, it's September 12, 2018. And, you know, you can go on. I have a Facebook group. It's Homeopathy Made Simple, but it's pretty private. So you're going to have to search and friend me, and I'll put you in the group if you'd like to go. And I also have a website, and it's homeopathywithdenise.com. And all the classes are listed on both of those, um, on the Facebook group and also on the website. And whenever I teach classes, they're available live. I'm in Upper Black Eddy, PA, and I have a classroom here, but they're also available remotely. You can dial into the live class and then you can ask questions. I usually get on the call early and I stay on late and I'm there for questions, but the classes are also available via audio at any time. So you have you can have the audio and the reference notes. Ref, detailed reference notes come with every class. Um, and my email, I'll just give you my email just so you have it. My email is homeopathiceducation at yahoo.com. Great. I'm looking at your website now. You have a ton of blog posts on here about lots of great things. I know. I have another one coming out. <laughs> That's great. And then uh, all your class descriptions are on there and ways to um, register as well. So I'm going to link this up in the show notes for everybody so that they can go and click through and find all the information and sign up for your class that's coming up. And um, that is super. Thank you so much for coming. And oh, you're welcome. welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was a pleasure. We appreciate you in the group and you jumping in and helping us, you know, kind of support all the moms that are coming in and trying to find out, you know, how to, when they get stuck, you know, we want this to be a place where when you get stuck, you can have, tell everybody what's going on with, you know, whatever's happening and why remedies aren't working and all the homeopaths jump in really well and get great. It is. It's really good. And I think it's really important to be supportive. You know, we live in a world where allopathic medicine is the mainstream. So for us, we're swimming upstream. So when people come on your on your Facebook group and they need the support, I really think it's important that we support them and not tell that you go to the doctor, you need whatever, they've made a decision that they wanted information on homeopathy. Mm -hmm. And I just feel very strongly that we all need to support them in that decision and let them make the decision that they feel is best for their family. Thank you for joining us this week on Moms Using Homeopathy. If you haven't already joined us in our Facebook group, visit facebook.com forward slash group forward slash Moms Using Homeopathy. You can also visit our website at momsusinghomeopathy.com. Join us next time for another interview with an amazing homeopath.